Hey guys, what's going on? This is Adrian and you're listening to the Nerdy Fusion Podcast. Welcome back once again to another episode. In today's episode, I'm going to give you part two of my Tokyo trip. And <laughs> I know what you're thinking, but listen, I spend over 20 hours of flight time and over $5,000 on these vacations. God damn it. I'm going to get my money's worth. I'm going to squeeze this experience for as many episodes as I can. <laughs> It's probably just going to be these two. But don't be surprised if I show up with a third. Anyways, what I'm going to do. Because last episode I told you um, all the great things about Tokyo and Japan as a whole. But this time I'm going to tell you what nobody else is saying, bro. Because everybody out there is looking with like rose-colored glasses. And I'm going to explain in a moment. I don't want you guys to um, get me wrong. I love Japan. My trip as a whole was 99.9% great. But there were just a few things that went down that, um, that were not so cool. One of those things is... The 7-Eleven smoothie uh, trend going on on TikTok and Instagram Reels or whatever. That shit, man. I swear to God. Do you know that one of the things, like one of the key things that I wanted to do was make one of those freaking smoothies. Because I was tired of like watching influencers and random people going to Japan and doing the whole smoothie thing. And apparently... You can only get these things in Japan. So if you go to a 7-Eleven here in the States, you are not going to be able to get this thing. So I go over there. First day too. I don't know why I did it the first day. I'm jet lagged. I'm tired. I don't know why I decided to go on this adventure the first night I'm there. But whatever. I'm over there. I go to the 7-Eleven that is like two blocks away from my hotel. I'm like, oh yeah, getting a smoothie. I'm cool. I'm going to hang with the locals. Everything is all good and dandy. And so, stupid me, I grab this uh, smoothie and I go to the machine to make it. And you know what I was thinking? Because I got to explain myself first. Um, so, they sell the smoothie on a cup. And the thing with these cups is that they have like a little film over the top. And so my thinking was that I was supposed to put the whole cup inside the the machine without removing the film. And I'm thinking that this is like one of those cake cup thingamajigs. You know how you have like coffee machines that use those um, uh, little cups that come with the coffee inside and then you put the little capsule or cup whatever inside the machine and then once you like press down on it the machine has this like thing that like pokes through and like does this thing so and i'm like this is like one of those cake cup thingamajigs that you put the whole cup in and the machine will take care of the whole shebang and i'm gonna get my smoothie at the end And by the way, they are not sponsors of this podcast. But you know who is? Random tequila. The tequila you might never get to drink. Anyways, so I put my cup in there. And all of a sudden, 
the machine starts making a weird noise. And all of a sudden, the screen is displaying like some red Japanese letters and it's flashing white and red or whatever. And I'm like, oh, 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 Jesus. And then all of a sudden, I see all the Japanese employees in the back just saying weird things in Japanese that God only knows what they were saying to me. I don't know what they're saying, but it's not good. And what looks like the manager comes to me and tells me something in Japanese. And I go, in my crappy Japanese, I go like, Nihongo nei, nei Nihongo. You know, I, I was basically trying to tell him that I don't know Japanese. And he tries to tell me in what little English he knows that the machine is broken. And I go like, oh, no. And then he like takes the machine and takes it to the back and he doesn't come out. And then there's like a bunch of people trying to buy things. And so the other employees who were there with him just start taking care of those other customers while I'm in like the middle of the aisle just waiting and I wait there for like two minutes and the guy's not coming out and these other two guys are like not paying attention to me so I decide to go and I'm like oh my god this is so embarrassing no I get to my hotel I lay down and just think about what just happened And that's it. That was my first night in Japan. <laughs> my first freaking night, bro. Oh. So I went to bed. And then the next morning, I thought about going back to the 7-Eleven. But I was too embarrassed to go back there. I don't know about you guys, but I am obsessed with making things right. So I wanted to make things right with this guy. But at that moment, I was like, you know what? This is something that's still fresh in my head. And... Probably on his head too. So let's just go back some other time, okay? So I went to another place that is similar to 7-Eleven. But this can only be found in Japan. It's called Lawson. And it's, it's another mini market kind of a thing. I had a great experience. The people were like super nice. And this store was even closer to my hotel than the 7-Eleven. So... For the most part, I ended up going to that same place most of my stay in Japan if I needed anything food-related or drinks um, because that's another thing that they don't tell you on these uh, influencer videos about Japan. Like, they show people, you know, doing the whole dining and wine experience and all of a sudden, you realize I'm here for like eight nine days i cannot pay for the extravagant meal experience at a restaurant three times a day for the next couple of days and that's when you realize you have to start going to like these mini markets or like the supermarket and just get the raw ingredients and take them to your hotel and try to make something of it because otherwise you're gonna spend way too much money so you really gotta think about this you know and this is something nobody out there telling you because everybody wants to live the fantasy of just going to japan and make it look cute but the truth is that sometimes you're just gonna have to eat in your hotel room so going back to what i was saying uh what was i saying um so yeah i went to the lawsons a lot what else Um, the other thing that they don't tell you is that even though Japan is pretty clean, no place is perfect. So at some point you're going to see something and it's going to feel like a glitch in the matrix. 
Like I remember, I went my entire time over there without seeing a single pail of trash, like a single container of trash. You know how in here we put the trash out the night before so that in the morning they, they take that trash uh, on the truck or whatever? Well, over there, I don't know what happens to the trash. There isn't a garbage can anywhere. The only places where you can find trash cans are like in the convenience or supermarkets or places like that. But um, no garbage cans on the streets. So you gotta carry a backpack and put your trash in your backpack. And then once you find a convenience store or a supermarket or like a restaurant or whatever, you take that time to just dispose of all your trash while you're in there because there are no garbage cans on the streets. But like I said, no place is perfect. So even though it was pretty clean for the most part, I remember this one time I saw a piece of trash and I felt like it was a glitch in the matrix. Like what's going on here? And it's so funny. I remember looking around, not only because it was weird, but also I was the only person around at the moment. And I was like, yo, I don't want another person to show up, see me standing next to the trash and think that I was the dumb American who is trashing the place. And so I picked up uh, the piece of trash that was on the floor and I took it with me to dispose of it at the convenience store. The other time that I saw something that looked like a glitch in the matrix was actually my last day. I was riding the train to the airport and the train was packed, like packed. These people are very gentle, but when it comes to riding on the train, they become vicious. They wanna take the train and not wait for the next one. And let me remind you, there are trains going by every five to 10 minutes, so they could just wait for the next one, but they don't care. They wanna take the train that is in front of them now. And usually if they don't fit, they will try to fit. They will push until they are in. They will just wait for the next one. Just wait. If you have to force your way in, that's your cue to wait for the next one. Anyways, that day was packed. And this dude was trying to get in. And he managed to get in. But the train was so packed that there was no place for him to like move. And he wanted to move further in. And this other dude was kind of like in the way. But... In my head, it's not like he was in a bad spot. It's that there were no more spots on the train. Like, there was no place for him to go. So, there's no way for him not to be in the way, if that makes sense. He started looking at this guy. And I believe Japanese people are so nice that they don't know how to let anger out. So, I started using the term microaggressions to classify the little things Japanese people did to show that they're angry, but not really expressing it out loud. Like for example, this dude, he immediately started looking at this guy who was seemingly in the way, but not really, because if you saw how packed the train was that morning, you knew that there was no place for him to go. And he just started like looking at this dude so intensely that the other guy looked up and they started locking eyes and they wouldn't stop looking at each other. And that kept going for like 30 seconds, bro. And they didn't say anything to each other, but they said everything with their eyes. Like their eyes were moving, their eyebrows were moving, 
It's like they were getting ready to fight, but eventually they stopped looking at each other and everybody kind of went their way. And then it was so funny. That guy ended up coming towards me. And I was like, oh, shit, leave this guy a lot of space. <laughs> let, let me just give this guy a lot of space so that he doesn't start something with me. And you know, I'm that foreign guy that's not supposed to be here. I think that's it. Other than that, people were like stupid nice. People were like beyond nice. Very respectful, very sweet people. So kudos to them. Is kudos Japanese? I don't know. Kudos to them. Definitely something that should be on everyone's bucket list. Um, but yeah, to bring it all back around, I went back to the 7-Eleven. And I remember it was like two days before I got back to New York. I grew up pair of balls. And, you know, I decided I needed to write this guy a, a letter. I went on my phone and I wrote a whole paragraph. And I translated that into Japanese. In a nutshell, it says something like, Hey, I came here to apologize. I believe the other day I was here trying to make a smoothie. And I believe I broke your machine. I'm really sorry. If there are any damages to the machine, I will pay them. Just tell me how much it is. And again, I apologize for any inconvenience. This may have caused you and blah, 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 whatever. And he took like... A few seconds reading it and he's like oh no 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 all good machine no broken machine no broken and I was like oh okay so we're good because I'm like I needed to make sure you know how the Google translation thing sometimes is not like a hundred percent accurate so I was like so we're good and I'm like making the thumbs up signal whatever And he said, yeah, yeah, whatever. But long story short, I went there and I made it right. Or at least tried to make it right because I didn't pay him anything or whatever. And so with that problem fixed, I went on and picked up my cup and went to the machine and made my smoothie. I was finally able to make my 7-Eleven Japanese smoothie. And I took a sip of it. And it was the most disappointing thing I ever tasted. <laughs> it was so anticlimactic. It was so blah. And on that disappointing note, it's time to end the podcast. Thank you for listening. But wait, hold on, hold on. Let's not end it on that note. How about the great story of me going back there to show that guy that there's still good people out there? You know what I mean? Like, this is a story that he's just going to tell his friends, his family. You know that guy that almost broke the machine that one time? Well, he came back and offered to pay for the damages. That shows great character. I respect that dude now because he was trying to make it right. There's still hope. And on that hopeful note, it's time to end the podcast. Thank you for listening and I'll see you on the next one.